You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your ears. I am your host, Ryan Andrews. I am back. Uh, it's been it's been it's been a rough weekend all around Blue Jays uh, nation. Um, we're we're going to get into the series against Oakland as much as we do not want to dissect that. We will dive into it. Um, coming on on a Tuesday today, I I apologize. Um, took a forced observance of Victoria Day yesterday. Not not because I do not want to get daily Blue Jays content out to you fine people. No, 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 no. Don't get that twisted. In addition to the Blue Jays struggles this weekend, uh, came back from uh, Deadpool 2, part of Anniversary Weekend with my loving partner, uh, found out the internet stopped working. And is still not working at the time of recording. So couldn't record yesterday, couldn't upload it. Um, and recording this today, I'm uploading this from a McDonald's right now because that's the nearest place where I can get free internet and actually put this up here for you fine folks so you can enjoy it. So this is what I'm doing for you. I'm putting poison in my body. I'm, I'm eating a Big Mac just to get the internet necessary to get this out to you people. Cause there, we're probably going to end up talking about this for a while, but that series against Oakland this weekend was absolutely rock bottom for the Toronto Blue Jays. First time they've been swept in a four-game series at home in 17 years. And it wasn't to the Yankees. It wasn't the Red Sox. It wasn't to the Astros. It was the Oakland Athletics doing the damage to the Blue Jays. And it, it was it was like watching a train wreck. I... I could not watch it for the rest of the weekend because, well, again, anniversary weekend. I can't be like, hey, honey, um, I know we have plans, but I'm going to go torture myself for three hours by watching this Blue Jays game. So I, I have no words. Yes, I have words. That's a lie. I, I do have words, but this is this is just so depressing. And, and you look around at Blue Jays fans, at Blue Jays faithful, and I think this is worse. Then 2017, when things went off the rails immediately, and it was just that kind of malaise. Um, but we we said it last week on this podcast for Toronto to kind of rebound, have a good week. They were going to have to go four and two, so you you could take one loss to Oakland, one loss to the Mets. Uh, instead, going one and five is a pretty good way to put a damper on things. And I know, I know, again. There are people who are saying, oh, this isn't the end of the world. Oh, they're about where where the wild card was uh, last year, and they, they have help coming. Let, let's, let's pause on that for a second. What help is coming back for the Blue Jays this year? Is it Randall Grichuk, who is barely hitting 100? Um, is it Alemis Diaz, who did have troubles in the, in the infield but could provide pop maybe when he comes back? Is it Steve Pierce, who has had uh, his entire Blue Jays existence pretty much condensed to the span of one week when he hit those two grand slams. Is it Marcus Stroman? Has, has he fixed his seven ERA? Is it Jaime Garcia? Who's fixed his six ERA? There is not a lot of help coming 
for the Blue Jays from injuries. You can't really use injuries as an excuse. Is Troy Tulowitzki going to come back and be the force at shortstop that he was when he was with the Rockies? I don't think so. I, I don't see that coming back. So, so Blue Jays fans, look at this team. Look at trotting out Richard Urania, who's proven he can't be an MLB infielder yet, uh, and and trotting out what whatever prospect is called up from Buffalo to be the sacrificial lamb that week. It's been Dwight Smith Jr. lately, and he's still been been kind of hitting, but like T. Oscar's proving he he needs more work in the outfield. Blue Jays are waiting on Vlad Jr. to prove he can play defense. I think they should have waited for T. Oscar to prove he can play defense too, because th- this was just a melange of misplays, a a cacophony of crap baseball that the Blue Jays put out there on the field against Oakland, it, and it was they did it to themselves every way possible in that series. If you go through in in Game One. Aaron Sanchez once again could not go five innings. That brought the bullpen out early, and the bullpen got slammed, and Oakland took that one 10-5. Game two, Toronto finally gets a good starting performance. Marco Estrada delivers another good starting performance. Bats couldn't do a dang thing against an Oakland pitching staff that lost its starter within the first two innings. For the second straight game, their starter left due to injury. Blue Jays couldn't do anything against their bullpen. Lose stream one. Game three. Oh, everything goes right. Blue Jays have a big inning off. Sean Manaya, the ace of the Oakland staff. They they have a four-run lead. And they leave the eighth inning down one. And of course, no one was going to do anything in the in the latter two frames. Blue Jays lose again. And then just game four. The worst game the Blue Jays have played all season. The the you cannot excuse anything that happened in that game. Jan Hervis Solarte's home run is the only thing that kept it from being an absolute zero on the scale. If Solarte can get a home run and get, get going, that that's great. Maybe that helps the lineup. But it was an absolute zero from the Blue Jays on Sunday. And they deserved to be swept with that kind of performance. I, I said on Twitter, watching the Blue Jays is like watching a mechanical spider try to crawl forward and and knowing that one of the legs is going to malfunction one one pair of legs is going to malfunction and it's not and it's going to be hobbling towards the finish line and it's likely not going to get there because that one set of legs going down wrecks the entire machine and we've said it's been the starting rotation the entire season and Again, th- this this series proved that no, there are multiple ways that the Blue Jays can lose, and they are very familiar ways. Familiar ways like the Bats just not doing anything against pitchers that they should absolutely be torching with the lumber. They they have they have bullpen blowups at the most inopportune time, and that's been exacerbated by the fact that the bullpen has had to come out every other day and clean up the mess that the starting rotation has left it, and. I, I I get f- frustrated watching this because, again, if the Blue Jays put everything together, if they have everything clicking, it's a good team. But, again, they just are not getting what they need at the times they need it. And that, that can be the most frustrating thing. It's like when you're watching hockey and you're like, we need one goal. Can we get one goal from this guy? And no, no, you can't. 
to ask Winnipeg fans about Patrick Laine uh, this past conference finals, and you'll get a similar feeling because it's it's just it's so tough trying to watch it and and knowing in your heart of hearts that that this is going to be another loss. And I'm not sure exactly what the Blue Jays can do to turn it around immediately, but let's let's start with one of the biggest problems from this series, and that was the continued decline of Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson should have been amped up for this series. This is a team that traded him. This is a team that, that cast him aside because they didn't want to pay him money. And and this is a year Josh Donaldson working for that big money contract. He wants to be paid at the end of the season. Wants, wants that Jose Bautista money. And he was awful. He was doing absolutely nothing with the bat. Like, like how many, how many times, like, I, I actually put this out on Twitter, like, bases loaded, 9-5 game, Josh Donaldson's probably the batter you want in the Blue Jays lineup up there, and the response I got back was, uh, not at this point, because Josh Donaldson has looked bad, and, uh, the person who tweeted that at me was 100% correct, because he, he immediately grounded out, threat over, Blue Jays lose, and, and then, and then on Sunday, just the absolute circus that he put on at third base, just costing the Blue Jays runs left and right. Like, I I hate that he makes me say this, but Joe Biagini deserved a better fate than he got yesterday. Because Joe probably had his best start of the season, and it was rewarded with misplay after misplay in the outfield. And... It's tough. It's tough to see that. It's tough to watch a a team that looks like it's given up on the season, like a team that almost knows that it can't really do anything. And again, I don't know how you fix this. It it's it's almost like you have to look at potentially like if you think that the Blue Jays still have a chance this season to contend, you might have to start looking at the coaching staff and the manager, and and that's a terrible position for a city that already lost one beloved coach in Dwayne Casey. Um, people people really like Dwayne Casey, hated that he he had to take the fall for the Raptors' failings, but you you look at what John Gibbons has has been trying to do with this Blue Jays team, and you you just don't see see any kind of fight in this Blue Jays club and I'm not sure it it's it's near the time where the Blue Jays might have to start thinking about some some out-of-the-box experiments to try and shake this team out of whatever whatever curse has been placed upon it whatever hex has settled on this team to make them play like absolute zombies but it has to be done quickly or else the solution is going to be starting to jettison people out of that clubhouse. And John Gibbons, unfortunately, is probably number one on that list. Josh Donaldson will be number two. And and then it's just another lost season for this Blue Jays team. Um, we'll talk about an interesting thing that the Blue Jays may be able to do uh, in their series against the Angels right after this. We are back. Thank you for that ad break because it allowed me to go through and look up who sent me that tweet. And it was friend of the podcast, Lucky Stars at Bright Skies 99, who correctly predicted that Josh Donaldson would not cash in at his on his bases loaded opportunity. 
And I I said that maybe the Blue Jays should start looking at out of the out of the box ideas to try and get something going because this was actually put forward earlier by Mike Petrillo. Uh, he's an MLB.com writer, and he brought up the idea of and and I hate to say let's let's copy the Rays, but what the Rays did dur- during this weekend series against the Angels is they've taken this bullpen day idea that's been kind of bandied around a little bit, especially with the Blue Jays being so dreadful with the rotation. And they've taken it to the point where former Giants reliever Sergio Romo uh, became the first player to start back-to-back games since Zach Greinke did so. And Greinke got tossed seven pitches into a game. That's why he was able to do that when he was with Milwaukee uh, earlier this decade. But um, Mike Petrillo posited that the Angels may be vulnerable to uh, starting a reliever like Romo, who's only expected to go out there one inning. And, and power through the top of the lineup. And then you bring in your supposed starter. And the Blue Jays are actually well positioned to take advantage of this. Given they have guys like Joe Biagini and Deck McGuire and Sam Gaviglio, who, who pitched very well on Saturday. We, we shouldn't gloss over what Gaviglio did. Gaviglio should be in this rotation for a bit once Stroman and Garcia start coming back. But... Uh, when the Rays started Romo, it it kind of threw them off a little bit, and and Romo was was perfect in his two starts, didn't allow a run, and then on Saturday he gave way to Ryan Yarbrough, who's been in that role for the Rays this season, and then um, on Sunday it was it was more a, a committee kind of bullpen. Um, the projected starter Anthony Banda was was involved. Jose Alvarado came out, pitched an inning in the third, and. It makes you wonder if the Blue Jays could successfully do this. Now, Petrello said, hey, maybe Ryan Tapera should start today's game instead of Jay Happ. Let's not go that far, Mike. Let's let's let Jay Happ be Jay Happ. Rays still have three starters. You're not going to pull one of them all of a sudden because you don't think Jay Happ can do it. But it does make it interesting with a guy like Aaron Sanchez, who has proven he can't really give you the innings you want. Maybe he needs to dial it back a little bit. Maybe he needs to sit for the first inning, um, get get some warm-ups in, and let a guy like Ryan Tapera lead off the game. And and it's nothing new for Tapera. Tapera was a starter in the minor leagues before he proved he didn't have the length to cut it above single A, and they converted him to a reliever. So it's not like Tapera is going into an entirely foreign situation for him, but if you let Tapera go out there, throw a shutout inning against the Angels, and then bring in Sanchez, so maybe he doesn't have to face Mike Trout immediately. Maybe he doesn't have to face Shohei Otani immediately. Instead, he gets the guys lower in the lineup, like the husk of Albert Pujols and the shift master Cole Calhoun. Um, just to just to kind of give him a different look, give him a different chance to go through that lineup. And I, I actually... Th- 
again, I think the Blue Jays are well positioned to do this. If if Sanchez gives you four innings, that's great. And then you can bring in McGuire for, for two or three innings. Or you can bring in Axford for an inning. You can bring O for an inning. It, it allows you to be a little more flexible with the pitching staff. And it's something the Blue Jays need to do considering they can't bank on having six innings every start. Not from the majority of their rotation. So they can throw Hap out there. They can throw Estrada out there. Expect six innings out of Estrada. Maybe seven innings out of Hap if he's feeling it. And then try and work with what you have in this pitching staff. Again, until Stroman shows he's healthy. Until Sanchez proves he can start locating better. Stop ringing up that pitch count to 90 pitches within four innings. And at least plan a little better so you don't get in positions where you are forcing guys to have to go two innings for you, where you're where you're not forcing guys like Axford to pitch two innings, forcing O to pitch two innings. At least this way you're prepared for it and your pitchers know what they need to do and can focus on that. And, and you're not trying to make Axford dial back and, and make him less effective. It It's an interesting thing that I didn't really think about when I saw... Sergio Romo was scheduled to start for Tampa. I was more angry that I picked up Anthony Banda and he wasn't going to be starting. But in the end, he, he didn't do too well anyway. But it's something that with this minimal pitching staff, I, I do think the Blue Jays have to start considering. Because, again, like Sam Gavilio's start on Saturday was great. Him giving five shutout innings might maybe top 10 starts for the Blue Jays this season. And that's saying something when Sam Gaviglio instantly cracks a top 10 just by going five scoreless. But desperate times call for desperate measures. And you want to be able to use the strengths of your team. And up until this Oakland series, the strength of this team was its bullpen. So why not use it wisely? Why not use it in a more effective way to help your starters out? So that, that was my big big takeaway from what Mike Petrillo uh, posited on Twitter. Again, let J Hap start. J Hap has been doing that for years. Don't, don't take that away. And then one other thing we'll just touch on really quick, because it does tangentially impact the Blue Jays. Um, The Minnesota Twins today designated Phil Hughes for assignment. He has two years and $25 million left on his contract. And the Twins are a small market team that according to Keegan Matheson's about $30 million less on the payroll than the Blue Jays. And they still felt the need to send Phil Hughes packing because that's how bad that contract turned out. And immediately, immediately the line got drawn from Phil Hughes to Kendris Morales. Like, Oh, why don't the Blue Jays do that? Why didn't they get rid of him? Call up, but they're, they're not going to do that. They're not going to call up Vlad. They're I, I want it. A bunch of people want it, but they want to see him have more of a grasp at third base, which, again, if you don't think the Blue Jays can contend this season, that's the best call is to keep Vlad at third base so he does not make Josh Donaldson errors when he comes up. But, yeah, the line was drawn immediately to Kendris Morales, and, again, the clock is ticking on him. Yeah, he he had a little bit of an improvement during the Oakland series, and we found out he can be a closer if you want um, he, he was touching like 85 with his, uh, slider curveball mix. So well done on you, Kendris. Again, you've tied Ryan Goins and career ERA in a Blue Jays uniform. So well done you, but yeah, it, it's, 
it almost feels like that Chris Coughlin flip from last year, the kind of the last highlight that you get before a guy just disappears. For Coughlin, it was injury reasons. And for Morales, it looks like it's just going to be ineffective reasons. And with Grichuk and Pierce ramping up their rehab, all of a sudden there are going to be less slots available and Kendris looks increasingly vulnerable. And we're, we're seeing teams nowadays, they will eat the money. Uh, San Diego cut Chase Headley earlier this year because Chase Headley was made redundant with the emergence of Christian Villanueva. And San Diego wasn't going to wait for him. That was a $13 million contract just chopped and left by the wayside. So it becomes increasingly imperative that the Blue Jays get healthy enough so they can afford to start cutting this dead weight. And we, we likely won't see Morales DFA'd until Grichuk's back, until Pierce is back. Maybe not until Diaz is back, because those two coming back, they drop down Dwight Smith Jr., they drop down... Uh, Richard Urania, but it, it's clear T. Oscar Hernandez has taken a roster slot with this team, and that means Kendris Morales doesn't have one. So just wanted to add that on the end for Blue Jays fans for when they can expect to see Kendris Morales on the way out the door. I can tell you, you can expect to hear me tomorrow here on Locked On Blue Jays. Again, uh, hopefully the internet situation in my apartment will be fixed so I don't end up smelling like Southern Barbecue Angus Burgers while I try and upload this for you fine people. But again, um, thank you guys for listening. We will make it through this season together one game at a time and we continue going with Tuesday night's game. I'm hoping for a better result than that entire anniversary weekend probably for the best that that it wasn't good i i would have hated to miss something but i i didn't miss a thing with the lovely weekend that i spent with my partner and i am forever grateful for that it was the third anniversary and i am hoping for many more years to come with my loving partner so that brings us to the end of this episode again you can find the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnJays. You can check out LockedOnJays.com. You can find me on Twitter at NeoAC18. That is N-E-O-A-C-1-8. And yeah, just happy to be back with you guys. I felt, felt a, little, a little cold, a little lonely missing that Monday musings yesterday. But again, we we fight on. We are Blue Jays fans. We fight on. We, we know sometimes the deck is stacked against us but usually we fight on didn't sunday but the rest of the time we we fight on so for everyone here at locked on jays and for all you fine fans out there this is ryan andrews thank you for listening to today's episode of locked on jays and y'all take care